Welcome to the new segment of the Unyielded, Thriving No Matter What podcast, Rise and Thrive. I'm your host, Bobby Kaler. I wanted to create a super short segment that would be fuel for you so that you can make the absolute most out of this week that you've been given. Let's dive in to today's episode. Have you ever heard the expression, disappointment is a function of expectations? I have, and it's one of those things that I believe in conceptually, but I recently had an experience that really brought the meaning of it home for me. I was out cross-country skiing, and I was skiing a run called Pole Creek. I don't usually ski Pole Creek, as there are are more challenging runs that that I enjoy a little bit more. And it's also closest to the Nordic Center, so it can be a little bit busy. Now, Pole Creek is deceptive as it looks like it is flat. But there is actually a very consistent climb to it, and it's probably around a mile in length. But the climb is very, very subtle. You actually don't really notice it as you're skiing up it. It's not like the other runs where you can see how much it climbs. Now, part of that is because Pole Creek cuts along a stream where the willows grow densely. By the way, that's where the moose really love to hang out. So the whole time you're skiing it, you're hoping that you're not going to come around a corner and come face to face with a moose. So one day I was out skiing Pole Creek and I was thinking, I'm going to really be able to cruise on this because it's basically flat. And I was never able to really get in that groove. And and I found myself really frustrated because of it, because I had that expectation that I should be able to crush it. And that's when I really honed in on my internal dialogue. It sounded like this. What's wrong with you? This is flat. You should be able to go faster. Maybe you got tired and that's why you can't go faster. Now, anytime I hear that kind of mean girl chatter, I have to switch internal radio stations because that's, it's worse than useless. It's harmful and it's counterproductive and it's participating in self-sabotage. Once I turned that off, I could tune into what neuroscientists call the sage brain, where our wisdom exists. By doing that, I started to notice the train in better detail. I could see how I was climbing, and I remembered having the exact same feeling on it the last time I'd skied it a couple years ago. I got to the end of Pole Creek, and I rested for a minute, and then I turned to ski up Tabernash. Now, to set the stage, Tabernash winds up along the edge of the mountain. And it's very obvious that it's a climb. And it's a climb that I actually love because I can really see it well and get some good glide and and I really get in a good groove with it. I started skiing up Tabernash, knowing that it's a climb. And accordingly, my technique is correct for that condition. And maybe even more importantly, my mindset is also correct for that condition. I'm not expecting to ski as fast or as easily as if it were flat or even mildly downhill. The result is that I skied Tabernash, a more difficult run, faster and with greater ease than I did Pole Creek. But it made me wonder, how many times do we do this in our life? We expect something of ourselves and sometimes maybe of others. And if that expectation isn't met, we are disappointed and life is harder. This is the evil power of the word should. 
When I was skiing on Pole Creek, I was so caught up in what I should be able to do that I missed the signs that I simply needed to adjust my technique. Should robs us of all of our ability to discern because we're too busy judging. Should robs us of our ability to adjust because we are busy shaming. And should robs us of our joy because we are busy comparing to some imaginary standard. I truly believe that we should banish the word should from our vocabulary. Take a second or two and really think about all the times throughout the day that you should on yourself. Really zero in on this, this word and how often it comes up for you. When you catch yourself using it, switch to paying attention to how this word this word makes you feel. When you say, I should do something, how does that make you feel? I bet it is not positive. It's probably associated with feelings like frustration, shame, angst, anxiety, feelings of falling short, and the list goes on. The good news is that you can use those feelings as data points so that you can make a shift. You can train yourself that when you feel those emotions, you can stop and then take three really deep breaths to break the flow, to stop the flow of that voice, of the shoulds, of the self-recrimination. Neuroscientists have shown that three deep breaths is enough time to interrupt the internal judge and critic that we all carry around with us and to bring us back to a calmer state where we can see the situation with greater clarity and therefore choose a better response. I hope that you'll try that out. I hope it's helpful. And that wraps up this episode. Thank you as always for tuning in and for supporting us on this podcast. I hope that you have a great week and make sure that no matter what happens, you rise and thrive.